coming up on Verse Course Verse, Janet Jackson is a national treasure, and like most of our national treasures, our country abused her until she disappeared. That's next. Welcome to episode 89. Holy crap. We're at episode 89, Rachel. That's a lot of episodes. Of Verse Course Verse, I am DL. With me is Rachel, we'll say wardrobe malfunction polio. Rachel, (laughs) how are you? I'm good. I am thrown off because your background is no longer your background. No, I know. I pulled it forward because there was a guest bed and then I never pulled it backwards. I need okay. to rethink this area. Little spoiler, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but in the finale, you're going to get a gift that's wall art. Yes. Did you get everybody so, wall yeah, art? I did. What'd you get the other guys? Not saying. You can bleep it out, though. If I tell you what they got, you'll know what you got. Oh, okay. That's fair. I already have a but Taylor one, though. I've got 20 bucks that says you cry when you get your wall art. <gasps> cry? 20 bucks? You've got a deal. Is it a picture of all of us together? <laughs> Ew, no. W- <laughs> Don't be gross. Fuck off. Um, what's new, Rach? How's it going? It's new. Uh, <laughs> it's going good. I'm trying to think of something new and exciting to share. Summer's over. Summer's over. Kids in school. That's nice. Start last week? Uh, let's think. Probably week before okay. last. Mother of the year. <laughs> um, <laughs> gotten an argument on Friday at work. Mm-hmm. I need to ask somebody about this, and I'm realizing that I don't think you would give two shits. So I don't care. I'm just going to ask you anyway. Okay. So let's say that you have a nice, healthy record collection. Mm-hmm. Like a healthy, like a normal person? <laughs> yeah. So let's say that you have a big stack of Beatles records, right? Right. The Beatles had the White Album. Right. But technically, it's not the White Album. It's not anything. Here's my question. If your record collection is alphabetical, where are you putting the White Album? The very beginning. I feel like it'd be like a numerical thing. You'd put all the numbers at the beginning, colors, numbers, then everything else. So I'm glad. Okay, I just needed that verified. I feel better now. What did he say? Where did he say it should go? W. Mm -mm. Be in the W. It's not actually titled. Where do you put Prince? Like when he was a symbol. I guess it would still be with Prince though, right? Maybe at the beginning of the Prince section? Yeah. Because it's still you still want it grouped with Prince stuff. No, you have to. <laughs> this is a whole episode. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We might need to have an episode on this. Mm, okay. For all of you, and no offense, but I know there's <laughs> 80% of the people that listen to this podcast are as such, but you uh, record collecting super nerds. Write in. Maybe we'll have a couple of you on next year to talk how you organize your record collection. Do any of you go full Rob Gordon and go autobiographical? Because that would be badass. We're not here to talk about (laughs) records, Rachel. We're here to talk about something much more. I don't know. I kind of had fun studying for this. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't like as dark as I thought I was going to. It was just nice to see Janet. She's such a good lady. I love her so much. Mm -hmm. I got to give a shout out to Evil (laughs) because we were doing, what year did Control come out? 89? 86? No, 89. David, you idiot. It was 86. It was 86. 89. Good God. I just did my... Got 89 in the brain. I'm going to have to edit that all out because people can't know that we're doing... Anyway, what was the question? I have to give a shout out to Evil (laughs) because when we were doing 86, we were talking about Janet Jackson's control and Evil all of a sudden brought up how Janet Jackson was so popular and then she wasn't. And it was because Mm. we as Americans are terrible, terrible people. And I was like, holy shit, you're right. We need to do an episode about that. Rachel, you and I are doing an episode about that. Here we are. So Evil... Thank you. This is me acknowledging that this episode was your idea. See, you do have good ideas, Evil. Yeah. David's not. And your reward for having good ideas is you don't have to do the episode with me. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a deep dive on Janet Jackson, although we are going to have to talk a lot about her history because it's only fair to acknowledge how harsh the things that happened to her were, all the shit she had to go through to get to where she had been. This is more just concentrating on... Super Bowl Thirty Eight. The incident. Yeah. You all know what we're talking about. That's kind of why we're here. Were you pretty much 
in the know of everything that happened with this? Was there anything that really, really um, threw you off? I kind of surface knew everything, but deep diving into like the specifics was a little more than I, I knew. Many people say that they're very middle of the road politically. Mm-hmm. I really am middle of the road politically. So when this is coming from me, it's not a typical thing. But this is one of those stories where you can rabbit hole forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever and ever. And the bottom line is, is what you end up getting. It's a bunch of old fucking white people being pieces of shit. Yeah. And there you go. That's our episode. Thanks for coming. Everybody tune in next <laughs> week. We're going to get into this before we do. We got to get into the most important part of the day. It is three o'clock Rachel's time to mine. We have a lot more to do today. <laughs> I've got the Mariners to watch after this. Are you going to Broncos the game? Broncos are on tonight. Are you going to watch the Broncos, Rachel? Ooh, no, it's like National Movie Day or something. So movie tickets around the nation are supposed to be $3 a piece. Bronco opening day. I know. You are the worst Idahoan. It's not a bro thing. You go anywhere in the country, there are only two things that people, when you say you're from Boise, potatoes. they're either going to make a joke <laughs> about potatoes or they're going to say, hey, how about that blue field you got? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Do you have a Jack Daniels <gasps> yes, class? I got it. Got it for free. Did you get that when you bought a bottle of liquor? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Right around Christmas. Because if you get it around Christmas, you get it free. So I had a bottle of Jack that I took to the front counter. And the lady was like, hey, there's a bigger bottle. It comes with glasses. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Wise choice. I guess we'll get to this now then. Wait, how did this whole thing start? What did I ask you? Oh, yeah. I asked you about the Broncos. Which I probably have to edit. Nobody gives a shit about college football that are listening to this. Actually, that's a lie. They might. (sighs) This is terrible so what a far. shit show yeah this is bad so we need to get to it what are we drinking tonight rachel is it something jack daniels related i don't know that there is any jack daniels in the house it's uh, it is whiskey and coke how do you not know if you have jack daniels or not i don't know the freezer's got a lot of st- i went to costco recently so there's a lot of stuff happening in there okay so here's the thing as a snobby bar person i know i gotta tell you 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 gotta stop keeping your liquor in the freezer it changes the flavor. I know. And as a, a coffee connoisseur, I know this. Yeah. Like, I know the science of this. I think it's... And not that, like, the kid's going to go in the freezer and get alcohol out of it. Maybe I just don't want him seeing it. I don't know. Like, he doesn't need to know what mommy does in her <laughs> spare time. But doesn't... Your kid doesn't get in the freezer? Not yet. My kid always, really. like, popsicles and shit. My kid would see that all the time. He's not a popsicle man. But there's nothing really in the freezer that... Like he used to have, he used to have a mozzarella stick, a like what? the breaded uh, mozzarella sticks, like the. No, I get it. Cheese I just don't breaded. know why you're not talking like an American. It's not mozzarella, <laughs> mozzarella stick. Are you talking about mozzarella sticks? I'll stab you. <laughs> when you go on vacation to, do you go to Barcelona when you go to Spain? Hold on, I'm checking on the spelling of, of mozzarella. Oh, there's no T in it. Interesting. Well, you show me the next person that says mozzarella in America and, and I'll, I'll say I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh god what are you drinking <laughs> <laughs> okay small segue because we're only 30 minutes into this it's all right so vincent called me just a couple minutes ago while i was getting ready and he was talking about he oh he wait wait wait, wait, wait. Like, i got it before you get save that i do want to hear what you're gonna say but how much does vince hate me after the save ferris episode I don't know that he's listened to that episode. Oh, I was. I feel ex- like he would have brought it up. Fuck that guy text or something like that. No, I should send it to him. So he, I don't think, I think he knows that I'm not on every episode. So he probably doesn't listen to it. I feel like you're a lot tougher than me. And so I feel like it wasn't balanced entirely. And it was just me being like, eh, I don't know that I love Peter Gabriel. I wasn't like, what? your music shit. Here's what you should listen to instead of this. Okay. So two things that I want to say about that. Number one. That's bullshit. You are very rough on music when we do this. Number two, this was a huge mistake on my part. And I realized it after it released and I listened to it again because I was so paranoid about hurting your feelings. Mm -hmm. When I said, here's what you should listen to instead, when I started the whole thing, here are these songs. There are better songs that are just like these songs. Here's what you should listen to instead. It sounded like I was talking to you specifically, like I was trying to educate you. Yeah. I was saying rhetorically as a whole Mm. to the audience, you should be listening (laughs) to this instead. So it did. It sounded like I was saying an hour and a half of mansplaining. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not nice. Yeah. 
Um, but that's but, funny that people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everybody, we're still friends. <laughs> Her and I. Barely. And Only because we live in different as much states. As she's and I signed a contract. Playing the victim. <laughs> anyway, back to your story about Ben. So he got a new car and he was talking about how, you know, when you get a new car, you have like Sirius for six months or whatever. Yeah. For free. There's this old school rap station. Mm. And he's like, it's awesome because I drop off the kid and then I turn it on and there's like Dr. Dre and Snoop and it's just so great, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and rap these days sucks. And all they do is mumble and you can't hear a fucking thing they're saying. And I was like, have you heard of a man named Kendrick Lamar, Vincent? Oh. Listen to damn. Pull up the lyrics as you're listening to it. And then he texted me like 20 minutes later and he's like, you're right. You taught your brother. Mm-hmm. It's the younger sibling's dream. Mm, it is. Did you answer what the fuck you're drinking? <laughs> No. No. <laughs> Jesus. Do you want to know? <laughs> this is going to be the biggest editing nightmare I've ever had. <laughs> okay. Yay. What, what are you drinking? I have a, not Jack Daniels and Coke. I have a Fireball. Fireball and Coke. What? That's what was in the fridge. And I felt like a sorority person. Why the fuck do you have Fireball? That's a great question. I want to say I have a very young friend, legal. She's like 25, but like just likes Fireball because she's a kid. Because it tastes like sugar. That was a weird... And I, th- I feel like... <laughs> that was a weird thing to say. Also, Rachel, do you really want to be calling out people for having young alcoholic taste buds? Mrs. <laughs> Throw an otter pop and some Malibu into the drink. <laughs> That's fair. No, this is good. <laughs> what am I drinking, you asked? I did. So at one point. I am just getting over the COVID. Again. Oh, no, this is the first time you've had it. Officially. Yes. Right before COVID hit, all I did was travel for work. I basically lived out of SeaTac, so I guarantee you, and I remember getting extremely sick for like three weeks. I guarantee you I had COVID before people knew what COVID was. Okay. Maybe I'm... Smart ass question. Why do you fly out of SeaTac when you live in Portland? Alaska, which is the airline I take. Alaska. Really good airline for points and stuff like that, Um. but... If I want to go anywhere East Coast, and most of my stuff is East Coast, I have to go up to Seattle anyway. and then over to, yeah. Today, I feel okay. You look skinny. I've lost nine pounds. Great. So here's the thing, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Are you on TikTok? Uh, I mean, I started following you this morning, so I feel like you should know. This is a guilt, uh, what do they call guilt it? Trip? No, this is a... Intervention? A shameless plug. Oh. That's what this is. Yes. Verse, course, verse, as in me... I'm now on TikTok. Your verse, course, verse? I mean, I'm the website <laughs> verse, course, verse. That's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I know. What I've started doing is I started doing 10 second review of albums. There is this guy, uh, Demarie is his last name. Mm-hmm. And he came out with a book called 1001 Albums You Have to Listen to Before You Die, which he has abridged three times. So now it's 1,089 Oh, jeez. Those 89 really needed to be in there. <laughs> I am just going to start Google randomizing a number. I put them all in chronological order. Mm-hmm. In the morning, I'll do a workout or a jog, listen to it all the way through. And then immediately after I listen to it, I just give a 10-second review. Mm-hmm. It's forcing me to... Do my morning exercise. Exactly. Did I say what I'm just... God, what are you this drinking? Is, why are... We are so bad today, Rachel. Holy and shit. And honestly, like, um, I'm halfway through my drink already, so it's just going to get worse. I think that's why we're so bad right now. Like, I haven't drank in so long. I know. Anyway, point being, we're on TikTok now, verse course, verse pod. You do see our... I do put our promos on there, so you see our promos too, which mm-hmm. people seem to like. None of people watch. They're funny. They're good why stuff. Why don't you like us? Yeah, why don't you like us? I had a coffee. It's my first coffee in like five days. So mm. I'm going to be a little bit jittery. Black ass coffee? Might have put a little bourbon in it. <laughs> and then <laughs> I also have a bourbon renewal, which is uh, very yummy. Let's actually do this for real. We, we're going to take a fucking <laughs> break and reassess exactly what we're trying to do with this. We'll be right back. Oh, my God. Thirty-two minutes into recording. We're gonna have plenty of content. <laughs> Holy shit. We are back. Janet Jackson. The whole thesis of this is how unfair Janet Jackson has been treated overall by us as a society. And in order to do that, you need to understand who Janet Jackson was 
how she became who she was and how hard for her it was. So we want to start at the very beginning, which I'm sure most of you know, Janet Jackson and her childhood. I'm a huge Jackson person. I love the Jackson 5. I love Janet Jackson. I love Michael. I don't know about you. I don't know how much of a Jackson person you are. I think the first CD I ever purchased was Paula Abdul. The second one was bad. Okay. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. No shit. Crazily obsessed. A lot of this was kind of review. I know I had Rhythm Nation at one point. I don't think I purchased any of her other albums. But yeah, no, I knew a lot actually about her upbringing, their upbringing, um, and their early career already. Awesome. For those of you that don't know, that have been living under a rock for the last 40 years, the Jacksons grew up under the hierarchy of Joe Jackson, the man with a plan who decided I'm gonna have a bunch of kids, they are going to entertain the masses, and I'm going to make hundreds of millions of dollars off of them, Mm -hmm. uh, whether they like it or not. And I don't know how much we're gonna discuss in this episode our thoughts on him. I don't know how much we can know because When you listen to the kids' interviews about him, it's a lot of respect, it's a lot of love. Mm -hmm. He was extremely hard on us, but if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be where we are. At the same time, you're kind of looking at it through a person who's looking at an abused kid and seeing, yeah, yeah, of course, your Stockholm Syndrome puppy that's been beat their whole life and they keep Mm -hmm. going back to their master. Because you watch interviews with Joe Jackson And this is just me speaking. I could be totally wrong. And I hope people write me and say, how dare you? He seems like such an evil fucking dude. Yeah, a little bit. I didn't see a ton of interviews with him. I did see a ton with her. And every time she spoke about him, it was, we all owe so much to my father. If it weren't for him, I wouldn't have the career that I had. But also saw an interview where she's like, I wanted to do this with some sort of corporate lawyer or something like that. She wanted to do some sort of law. She wanted to go to Pepperdine. She wanted to do all these things. And her dad was like, yeah, no, you're going to be a singer. And she's like, well, you got to respect your father. Yeah. And I'm just like, you, you're you an adult now. You don't have to respect your father. Fuck you can yeah. take off if you want to. Did you ever once, and, and like you said, you're a Jackson fan too, so I'm sure you've watched a lot of things about him. Right. Did you ever once see an interview with him where he says something uplifting or complimentary about his children that isn't some form of appreciation of himself. I never saw it anywhere. I don't think so. My kids are where they are because they work so hard. Yes. Followed by like, there needs to be rules and that's why I have such a heavy hand sort of stuff. It is never like, look how talented my daughter is, period. Exactly. I force them to do this and this is why they're great. Yeah. It's the interview of where they're at the party for the multiple platinums of control and Mm -hmm. they go to the parents and they're like, how proud are you of Janet? And their mom says, we're just so proud. She's so beautiful up there. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly right. The dad's like, she worked very hard. She's been working towards this her whole life. Come on. And grabs his wife. We're leaving now. And all this stems from they grew up Jehovah's Witness. Who cares? what religion you are, except for the Mm -hmm. fact that they had very, very, very specific doctrinations that they were to live through. And the only person that wasn't actually living those things were the father, Mm -hmm. because the father was cheating on the wife and they'd be on tour and he'd be sleeping with dancers, which if you are a kid on tour with your father and you are seeing that you are preached your whole life, this is how you live. And then you go on tour with your father and your father's doing this and that. How does that not fuck you up? Yeah. To have that and to see that and then for them to seemingly have just worship the man to have all the respect in the world for him. I've never seen Michael or Janet say one negative thing about Joe. Yeah. They both seem like just super nice people anyway that just wouldn't trash anyone anyway but even very, in very much like it, when you see the interviews you see kind of like a I don't want to say like a glazed look in their eye but definitely like a brainwashed this is what I'm supposed to say sort of vibe from from everyone of like this is the script they have the same mannerisms they talk the same very much we'll talk about that later too Janet got her start opening 
for the Jacksons. Mm-hmm. Janet and Randy Jackson would, who, Randy and Janet, you can find a ton of interviews of them too. Right. They were extremely close. I think they were lucky enough to be younger to where they escaped a couple of the things that the older kids didn't get to yeah. escape. They would come on before the Jackson 5 and do this kind of vaudevillian stuff. The weirdest part about it was Janet would do this like little kid doing this Mae West kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was the weirdest fucking thing. Hey, big boy, kind of wearing her. I don't know. You're the girl. What is it called? Like the feather boa boa. boas and the, you know, like shaking her hips and stuff like that. And for a family that's supposed to be such strict religious people and the dad's like dress up like this with this big pompous wig and do this there's got to be some confusion there for sure are you just so little that Um, you don't get it i feel like when we see these interviews with janet she has this like innocence to her even like the most recent interviews where she's 50 something years old she still seems seems in my head like very naive and very um sheltered when you get into the industry at such a young age that you skip the childhood part, even though you're still young. You're absolutely right. It adds on to the fact that when they are that rich, mm-hmm. you are always going to be that sheltered. You are never going to have to live a quote unquote real life. Yeah. Whatever you want life to be, it gets to be yeah. because you have the money for it to be that way. You don't have to go through the ups and downs. She went through a ton of ups and downs, but they're different kinds of ups and downs. The way she talks about drugs is so sheltered. She's like, well, he did drugs yes. and it was just like a thing. Like it was so weird. Like I was so happy. And then when she got with uh, the last guy, how happy she was that he didn't do drugs. And yeah. I was like, you're in an industry where there's drugs everywhere. Yeah. And you seem like this is some alien thing to you. Her brother was super addicted to drugs, but a different kind of drugs. Pills prescribed from a doctor. Well, and that's when it's a doctor giving it to you, it doesn't seem like a drug addiction to you. It's something somebody else is telling you is going to make you feel better. That's yeah has a degree but then being the doctor of michael jackson and him saying oh i'm still in pain oh i still can't fall asleep the doctor's gonna be like well it's fucking michael jackson i'm gonna do whatever i can to make him happy or else i'm gonna get fired we're talking about janet here Mm -hmm. anybody that's listening that's thinking why the fuck do you keep talking about michael look after researching this for more than a few hours and i if i know rachel and i do know rachel she's like me we've studied this pretty hard Mm -hmm. Michael was a massive part of Janet's life. She loved him so much. It's going to be talked about a lot because I honestly also think it has a lot to do with this. Mm -hmm. She's opening for the Jackson 5 doing this kind of weird sexual thing, even though she's supposed to be completely non-sexual. And she's a child. I mean, outside of that, she's a child. She's a child. She's a fucking kid. Yeah. And this is back then when things were a little bit different then and it's viewed differently, but it's still fucking weird. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know it was so weird yet eventually i don't know where she got the gumption and the courage to do it because being raised that way it must have been so far from something that seemed possible but eventually around 84 she said fuck you fuck this in a much nicer way Mm -hmm. to her father and said i am going it alone which Rachel, from what we've been talking about, from how even now she won't ever say anything bad about her father. Mm -hmm. They always did everything he said. What what must it have taken for her to do that? Well, I remember seeing something where she felt like she needed to get out from under his management. And I don't know if it was like to save a relationship in her eyes or whatever, but that's also the time when she eloped. So I wonder if that gave her a little bit more courage because she's like, well, I already did this thing because I'm an adult and I can. And now I'm going to do this other thing and I'm going to drop you as a manager. Maybe a little outside pressure. And whether it was like him helping her say that or her just realizing I just made this massive decision on my own without my dad. I can make more decisions on my own without my dad. And that was her first marriage, which ended really quickly because as Rachel said. Shocked that he did drugs. She was shocked. All of a sudden, he's, quote unquote, doing drugs. (gasps) But, you know, fucking God bless her for being like that. This was when she started working on Control with Jimmy Jam and Terry Mm -hmm. Lewis, which, Rachel, do you know who Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced to get them 
famous? I'm going to feel real stupid when you tell me. I'll give you a big hint. I have to take a shot because I'm going to say his name. <gasps> oh, really? Okay, Prince. No, I don't feel that stupid, I guess. Mm-hmm. You didn't say yeah. his name. Say his name. He worked with Prince. Oh. Sorry, they worked with the man, the myth, the symbol. When they got Janet, my God, what a... What a get. Fresh easel yeah. they had to work with. Not only did she have so much freshness and eagerness to have her own message... But she also had the Jackson training. Right. She had the vocal training. She had the dance training. She had acting lessons up the fucking ass. She had the work ethic. Yes, the work ethic. God, there was no way that control was going to fail. And it didn't. Control, which was this whole theme about Janet breaking out of her dad's shadow and Michael's shadow and that production company's shadow and doing her own thing. So It's awesome. It is awesome. And it's interesting. So Janet Jackson, the album, first album, 82, 82,000 sold as of 2003. Dream Street, 84, 44,000 sold mm-hmm. out of two, as of 2003. Control, almost 6.4 million just in the States. Yeah. That and- is a huge difference. And people knew who she was those first two albums. I think the difference is the massive, massive appeal in that third album started coming through the VH1 and the MTVs. How do I put this gently? The white people wanted it. Sure. Control was extremely popular. I loved Janet when I was a kid. What boy my age didn't have a crush on her. I was just looking at Michael Jackson's discography to see what was going on in the same time. Control was 86. Thriller was 82. I think that's most apparent when you get to Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. So Sven and I did a Rhythm Nation breakdown because I fucking love that album right. so much. It's such an amazing album. It sounds like you love it too. Mm-hmm. For as much as when you watch Janet and Michael, you can tell they both had the same training. Their dance moves, their singing, it's so similar it looks like you want to argue that I'm going to let you, but what just, you just, you, <laughs> I guess I'll spoil a, a Michael dissection down the road. Michael's favorite album of mine is Dangerous. Mm-hmm. I see so much influence in Dangerous from Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that Michael Jackson started yeah. ripping a little bit off of his sister. He got a little bit harder there, huh? Do you think it's dangerous because you were of age at that point? That's the album that came out when you were a kid. So that's the one you remember best. I remember even at that age, people telling me more like, no, bad off the wall and stuff like that. I was going to argue just a little bit. With me. It was about her training. And you can tell that her and Michael, same family. I would argue just a little bit during Janet Jackson, during Dream Street, her dancing was, it was fine. And then it really got good in control because she hired Paula Abdul to come choreograph her. Also, who did Michael Jackson's choreography most of the time? He did his, his own. His probably got better. He didn't. He did his own. He did not do his own. Yes, he did. Did they do? Travis Payne. Travis Payne choreographed his shows. Yeah. Michael did his own dances and choreographed his own routines. Jeffrey Daniel worked with Michael during Bad and Smooth Criminal, the videos. I think I was going to touch on it later, but yeah, we can get to it now that Paula Abdul, who I've always thought of as a B-rated Janet Jackson. Sure, yeah. Would we say B, though? Had, well, but that's the thing, is she had so much influence on Janet Jackson. That's fair. A big part of this whole control, rhythm nation, Mm -hmm. moving towards the Super Bowl thing was the fact that... Oh, the Super Bowl, that's what we're talking about. (laughs) Yes, was that Janet was becoming more comfortable with her own sexuality, and... That's what I was going to get to before. (laughs) It was sexuality. When you get that abbreviated childhood, then the sexuality thing hits and it is insane because the thing, same thing happened with Britney. It was like sweet, 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 sweet. And then she's like, wait, I can talk about sex and be a sexual being. And then she went like 360, 180 rather, because that's yeah. not all the way around, 180, <laughs> and just started dressing so provocatively. And Janet, if you listen to some of her lyrics, Jesus Christ. God bless her. Some of her lyrics are so dirty. <laughs> and she's like the sweetest person alive. So to see these interviews where she's like so nice and sweet, and then to hear her talk about sucking somebody off. Yeah. Like you're just like. Well, when you're Ugh. so emotionally stunted as a kid, and sexuality equals emotionally. For sure. When you're so stunted as a kid. Yeah. When you do start going through that epiphany or, or wake up or whatever, that you start in the time you were supposed to. So 
it's the same as an addiction. Whatever age you were supposed to start your pubescent whatever at, if it was 13 or whatever, your mind is thinking like a fucking 13 year old. Right. Here she is coming out with control and stuff like that. And she's having her sexual awakening. She's acting more like a fucking kid who's just horny as hell and good for her. Why the fuck not? Right. She's a beautiful young woman. Do your thing. Sad I couldn't date her. Whatever. It's no big deal. (laughs) There's still time. I think she's single. Hit me up. She's so pretty. I'd be so jealous. Where are we going with this? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not either. Anyway. She's going through all this. Good for her. This is when she meets her second to-be husband, Mm -hmm. uh, Renee, right? Yeah. Yes. Who's this photographer, editor, and she is just fucking head over heels with this guy. They are unbelievably in love. She's this young kid in love, which once again, good for her. Mm -hmm. She's also going through this huge sexual revolution because she's... The biggest fucking hip hop star. She's not hip. She's the biggest fucking pop star there is right now, with the exception of maybe her brother. Right. They're doing these videos. They're doing these. uh, He was the guy that was holding her breasts in the Rolling Stone magazine picture. He directed That's the Way Love Goes again, together again. And honestly, if you watch, I think it's the- Which are very, very fucking adulty videos. Again, I remember when that came out and it was so sexual. Like there's that part where that guy's like touching her and unbuttoning her pants. And I was just like- it's like Girl. grabbing the the chain the out of her pants. Mm-hmm. Huh, I don't really remember no, that. No, <laughs> <laughs> that part's at one minute and forty seven yeah. seconds. Um, <laughs> Renee's the one directing this, yeah. So it's a little funny during poetic justice, and I saw this interview with Tupac. And he was talking about how he had to kiss Janet in front of her husband and how just he was chill with it. So maybe he was kind of a piece of sh- I mean, You're not giving Tupac they're... the respect he deserves. Okay. Because Tupac very like, fuck yeah, I kissed her. Yeah. No, he was super <laughs> yeah. excited. Well, and I had also <laughs> yeah. heard this thing that they were enamored and not necessarily in like a romantic way, but with each other's talent but like wouldn't show each other yeah. that they were enamored. So of course he's like, I fucking kiss Janet. She's like, I fucking kiss Tupac. That was great. I don't know how he could direct her in that thing and just encourage her to go in this because it seemed like that is when she went full on I'm a sexual icon, which makes me think he was kind of a piece of shit. Have you, okay, that, here's the thing though. Have yeah. you watched the the making ofs of those videos? Yeah, a little because bit. Because yeah. he does get super jealous a couple times. There was one. She's kind of giggling and, and all of a sudden he stops it and he's like, is this just a big fucking, why don't we just get this guy in here and we'll just make it a three. There was one point where she's like, hey, we should have him in the shot here like the guy that was playing her love interest and he's like yeah we could just pull his legs over your head and blah 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 <laughs> and she's like calm down <laughs> so i guess yeah there was a degree of that but a lot of that too ended up being because spoiler alert <gasps> renee was on drugs too omg <gasps> oh my so gosh weird. nobody could have seen that coming right never saw that coming really the weirder thing is that janet didn't do drugs yeah to be in the industry for that long and to never have any sort of drug problem whatsoever renee's on drugs blah 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 that leads to her second divorce he sues her he said he was he signed a prenup under duress Mm -hmm. and then sues her for 25 million dollars which this goes on for like three years after this is in 2000 so till 2003 the closest thing to the truth that i could find was 10 million dollars in legal fees which he said sounds fair felt like he earned for sounds fair yeah he earned money while they were together off of her he doesn't, he's not, how is he entitled to anything more? Rachel, I'm very obviously kidding. David. Calm down, drunkie. I'm very <laughs> obviously drunk. <Yeah. laughs> I think it's important to mention, mention that because this is kind of the mind state that she is in. 2003 going into 2004 yes february when the super bowl was we've gotten through control we've gotten through rhythm nation the videos she's the biggest thing of all time and here comes super bowl 38 with that we are going to take a break and then we are going to get into the happening in the costume reveal was uh, a red brazier a bustier forgive me and uh you know Got in, didn't really have time to rehearse it, got to the field, went on stage, was in the moment, and when what happened happened, I mean, 
I was completely shocked and, and appalled. And all, all I could say was, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So here we are. That's why I thought that was important. Janet Jackson is one of the top, we'll say, three biggest pop icons currently. She is being seen now, thanks to the Rolling Stone cover and the videos, yeah. as this huge sexual being, which fucking rock on. Good for you. And now we get to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 38, the headliner for the halftime show, which is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen, Janet Jackson. There are others on the lineup. There's Kid Rock and Nelly, the really great ones. Nelly's great. Is he? Americans love Kid Rock. Okay. That's true. Whether we That's like true. it or not. Halftime show happens. It starts. <laughs> it actually starts video comes on and it's tom cruise and julia roberts saying hey don't forget to vote and then jessica simpson pops on and says and don't forget to choose the party enter kid rock oh that's good that's good stuff my name is kid, enter kid rock singing about hookers and booze who will never get in trouble because why would he and then in the halftime show we have hookers and drinking with hookers right and we have Nelly singing his very famous song about how hot it is, so we should all take our clothes off. Mm -hmm. And then we get to Janet, who does her show. And I mean, everybody knows it. Then Justin Timberlake comes on and he rips the thing off and her boob mm -hmm. shows and fucking world divides and everything falls inside of it and mm -hmm. and that's the end of the world did they not have like tape delay back then obviously not by obviously this they didn't use it if they did were you watching this that's, when it happened i remember well i would have been in the military so i'm not sure if i was home mm -hmm. i remember really not giving a shit and i remember really wondering why people gave a shit i was pretty logical i was like it's so weird immediately there was this massive 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 backlash and keep in mind this wasn't like fucking 1983 right this was like this was this 2004? 2004 this was 2004 nypd blue what was the hospital show yeah ER? they're showing asses and shit on tv all the time like i said well outside of that nelly exactly that's kind of what i was gonna hit at as i remember i probably should have watched her getting her clothes ripped off more but in my head she had like a full-on her nipple was covered no it wasn't no. like it was a nipple it was a nipple mm. i just remember thinking it's a marketing thing whatever who cares but it became this massive mm -hmm. back then the nfl was still a really i mean not that it isn't now but it was a massive white commodity black culture wasn't as targeted towards so there was still this super need to appease to the the, the older white people which is why right. the next performers after this were like fucking Paul McCartney and the Rolling Stones. And right. they super, super compensated. And, and it was like a big kind of apology tour almost for the Super Bowl afterwards. But the coverage of this was a really big deal because at the time the FCC had this complaint compliance. But the problem with complaint compliance is that they wouldn't watch things before they aired. And then say, nope, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. Right. They would wait until it aired. And then they would say, we're fining you for this and this and this. Right. Well, the Christian right and what, do you remember what the other group's name was? I don't, uh, sorry. I'm, I don't know that I copied it down. We'll just say the Christian right. Yeah. They knew this. And so what they did is they had everybody just file hundreds of thousands of complaints, right. blast this fucking thing mm -hmm. until the fines, it went from $30,000 per instance of indecency, quote unquote, to $300,000 per instance. It was very concentrated and the whatever group that was besides, it wasn't just the Christian right. And I hope people know the Christian right is not Christians. I'm not saying they're not Christian. I'm just saying that I'm not bashing on Christians. The Christian right, right for those of you not in America, the Christian right was this group that was huge in the 80s and 90s that honestly had a lot of control over our government, over our politics, over everything that had decided that the separation of church and state was the opposite of how the country needed to be ran. Right. And they had control because everybody in power was Christian and anybody that wanted to be in power had to say they were Christian in order to be in power. Still kind of a thing. Good point. 
they figured out this FCC loophole, right. whatever you want to call it, and they just had this preset, like, we're just going to send hundreds of thousands of complaints. And that led to this complete overhaul. I bet you this is where tape delays came in. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it was the broadcasters that were like, fuck this. We are putting in a fucking tape right. delay because I'm not paying $8 million for some stupid fucking nipple gate. The whole thing that happened was at the end of this song, which was Justin Timberlake's song, by the way, mm-hmm. which was a stupid fucking song. Justin Timberlake, by the way, Justin Timberlake is a big pop star at this point right. in 2004. Huge. He was in Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? NSYNC. I always mix them up, NSYNC. Well, the boy bands in around the 2000s were a massive, massive thing. I don't know why. That might be something for another episode. The girls just loved it. Yeah. He was a massive star. It was kind of this half surprise thing. The last part of one of his popular songs was, I'm going to have you undressed by the end of the song or something like that. Have you naked. Thank you. And he reaches over and he grabs one of her breast cups and he pulls it. It looks like what's supposed to happen. He pulls it and there's still like a brassiere there or something like mm-hmm. that. But he probably accidentally ripped it all and it's all exposed. Right. This is a Justin Timberlake song. This is a Justin Timberlake action. There was a article I read where this guy went through 200 newspaper articles the next day. 200. 60% of them mention Justin Timberlake. 30% of them do not even mention Justin Timberlake in the entire article. That is insane. This is not a Justin Timberlake thing. This is the media completely places this at the feet of Janet Jackson. So unbelievably blatant. I don't want to be... I was just talking about this earlier today, this instance of how Janet is entirely to blame for this. She's a black woman. So all of the focus is on her. It is like not to the same degree, but in the same boat of a woman gets raped. What was she wearing? What situation did she put herself in? People's brains absolutely still in this day and age don't go straight to the guy. And not that she's completely... Not to blame. She knew that this part, they're both to blame in this. Yes. But to completely push him out of the picture because handsome white gentleman that's doing really well for himself or there's a black woman. It's obviously her fault entirely. It's ridiculous. I completely agree. I really do. And I'm usually, I'm not the, I think one of the issues that's keeping things from being solved nowadays is there is an overreaction to certain things. This is not one of them. This was a... What do you mean? Okay. So I think one of the things, and this is going to get me in trouble because I'm a white dude, but whatever. Yes. I think one of the things that has caused a pause in the forward thinking and Mm -hmm. successful maneuvering of feminist movements and power is there is a overcompensation in calling everything out as being terrible and wrong. Yeah. And you need to censor this and this person shouldn't be allowed to talk. This is not something like that. No. This is a case where it is very simple. This thing happened. A guy and a girl did this thing and the girl was completely taken to task for it. And the guy was hardly ever even mentioned. And the guy was white and the girl was black. Mm -hmm. As a society, what does that fucking tell you? It's not fucking rocket science. The whole point of the first part of this fucking podcast was to talk about everything that this woman went through. Everything that this woman did to get to where she got to, that she deserved. One of the biggest fucking pop icons After this, she fucking disappeared. Right. She wasn't allowed at the Grammys Mm -hmm. that year, which Justin went to. There isn't an official... If you watch a lot of interviews, there's a lot of things saying that basically the head of Viacom directed that Mm -hmm. Janet and Justin had to call him personally and apologize for them to be able to go to the Grammys. If you watch certain interviews, certain right. people might say that Justin called sniveling, crying, mm-hmm. saying, I'm so sorry, please let me go. And Janet said, fuck you, I'm not calling you for shit. 
Right. Justin goes, Janet doesn't. Well, and there's also the story of they were both told to apologize on air. And Justin did while he was accepting his first Grammy of the night because he won multiple and Janet wouldn't apologize. And let's also touch on the fact that the interviews following Justin's one interview, which was right after the Super Bowl, was like, right. hey, how was that? What happened? And, and Justin's, well, you guys wanted us to give you something to talk about. So there it is. Meanwhile, Janet's being asked by people, was this on purpose? What were you doing? So here's a question I want to ask you, and I want you to try to keep it as Mm -hmm. empathetic on both ways as you can. But as a woman, trying to remember what it was like back then, how much do you blame or dislike Justin Timberlake for not speaking out Mm -hmm. at that time? I will say while you are kind of thinking of how to answer that, he came out later on and he kind of half fucking apologized Mm-hmm. And then I think it was like, what, 2018? Right. Just recent, like 2020 or something like that, that he... Exactly. Like, Twitter profusely apologized to her and Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Once the Me Too movement... Yeah, it means a lot when you apologize 20 years after the fact. Good on him. Thanks, Justin. Really appreciate that. All the dudes were shaking it's, in their boots and he was like, fuck, I'm going to be fucked. It's really despicable how much he let her take the entire blame for it. Because his career afterwards, within a year, he was in Alpha Dog, Black Snake Moan, Southland Tales, and a voice in Shrek. He wasn't in any good movies. Well, at least there's that. He failed. I'm just saying, he was not hurting for work. No, I'm joking. Black Snake Moan was okay. Their paths took extremely opposite directions. Very much. Yes. And let's... Can we... Pause and what the fuck has Justin Timberlake ever brought to any sort of art? I don't... Oh, Janet Jackson is fucking talented. Justin Timberlake, I'm sorry if anybody gives a shit, but he's a fucking joke. He's a... It's a fucking boy band. Boy bands are not talented. I Okay, I was in high school and... But did you graduate? I was a... Wait, I what? said, but did you graduate? I didn't, actually. Oh. But thanks for that. Jeez. <laughs> I was a senior. There was a big thing going. There was like a variety show or yes. a talent show or something like that uh-huh. going on. And there were these dudes that had done this Backstreet Boy thing. Mm-hmm. This is what they were doing. They were lip syncing to Backstreet Boys. Yeah. And they were choreographically poorly dancing to Backstreet Boy shit. Right. And... The fucking females in the school went, went crazy. Ape shit for yeah. this. Insane. And I don't remember who any of the dudes were. I do remember that there was the main kid. I'm, I promise I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm really not. I'm trying to share something here. Mm-hmm. I liked this guy too. And I remember I kept trying to have kind of a joking conversation with him about, are you serious with this? Mm-hmm. Are you? And he was always super straight faced, like, fuck yeah, I'm serious. Like ride or die, dead serious about this. He was serious. Like I remember him yelling. So you think. But you're right. Absolutely. 100%. But he took it fucking seriously as shit and it was weird. So here's the thing. Yeah. Finally, it was like right after they had done one of their last performances. Mm -hmm. And I think he, we respected each other because he knew that I wasn't making fun of him. He knew I wasn't saying like what he was doing was shit. I was just like, dude, I just need to know. This is all I want to know is like, why do people love this so much? And finally he looks to me and he cracks up and he just starts laughing chuckling through his belly and he looks at him and he's like dude i have no fucking idea (laughs) that was it that was all i needed that was all i needed to hear yeah justin timberlake he can dance he's got a voice Mm -hmm. who gives a fuck yeah he is no janet jackson no and yet he ended up surpassing her ignoring her Mm -hmm. everything that she had worked for as a black female in a Jehovah's Witness family from this strict, some would say, abusive father, mm-hmm. got to where she did, ended up being cast off because of some fucking Mickey Mouse Club joke. It is so fucking depressing. Because one of the things we didn't hit on in her childhood is when they moved from Indiana to California, they moved to a really predominantly white 
area and nicer neighborhood. And apparently some of the people in the neighborhood started a petition trying to get them kicked out. Get them out. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like she had been trying to overcome, you know, being looked down upon for her race her entire life. And now, whether it be race or her being a woman, after so much success... She was in the same situation all over yes. again. I found it again. Sorry. Apparently, this is how bad my notes are. That um, chronological for the super for oh, the yeah. Super Bowl, uh, five hundred and forty thousand complaints to the FCC. Ninety nine percent of those complaints came from right. either the Christian right or the Adult Television Council, which they ended up going to court for. It was tied up in court until like two thousand twelve. Took fucking forever to figure it out. The TV stations obviously overcompensated forever. They wouldn't, 20 NBC stations wouldn't even show, and this is great. Like I said, with the FCC, they started fining people after this shit would air. They wouldn't, they wouldn't wait. Mm -hmm. 20 NBC stations wouldn't show Saving Private Ryan for Veterans Day, but it wasn't because of violence. Mm -hmm. It was because of swearing. They weren't going to get fined for the violence. They were going to get fined for the swearing. You know what's more traumatizing for kids? (laughs) Damn. Than seeing people blown up in half. (laughs) Hearing the word. Is to hear somebody say damn or shit. So I'm glad. Good job, FCC. So I think I hijacked your thoughts on Justin Timberlake mm, because I got I got really mad all of a sudden. We're all mad. He was nothing happened to him. There were no repercussions for him or his career. I found this fun statistic between June 2007, so just a little bit after in 2008, he made 44 million dollars. Like his career only went up from there. He was named the fourth highest paid music personality of all time. That's gross. Uh, above Madonna and Celine Dion. For what? At one point. That's disgusting. Uh, look. For being himself. I get that there wasn't the big Me Too movement yet. I get that there were a lot of things that society right. held acceptable back then that they don't anymore. But the guy knew what fucking right and wrong was back then. I remember seeing in an interview, there's a part in an interview where mm-hmm. Janet's talking about how Justin called her the next day. He was like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to say anything? Do you want, do you me, to want do me to do anything? And Janet was like, no, I yeah. don't. I want you to just, you do you, you protect yourself. You go on, you do what you need to do. It's fine. And he was like, okay, bye. Exactly. If you are a good person, you don't call the other person because that is you finding a way out. That is you begging the other person to say, please just let me out of this. Right. If you are a good person, you are going directly to the press the next day and saying, hey, fuck you guys. This was a stupid, stupid mistake that happened. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that, that did the fucking movement. Right. That's it. And here's the thing. Had he done that, being a white male in America, then or now, if he said, I'm sorry, it was an accident, people would be like, oh, it's cool. It's totally fine. But he didn't even try and take the blame. Like you said, he was like, yeah, you wanted a racist show. Here you go. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like. Rachel, do you know who Les Moonves is? (laughs) He's a big piece of shit that got fired. Yeah. For a lot of uh, sexual assault charges from cbs yeah yeah he was the head of viacom at the time oh is that right he was the one that janet didn't apologize to Mm -hmm. he became fucking obsessed with janet jackson yeah he made sure that she didn't go to the oscars he made sure that she wasn't played on vh1 owned by viacom he made sure that she wasn't played on mtv owned by viacom Mm -hmm. one could say that he single-handedly ruined her career yeah but yeah. why? I don't know. Like, Rachel, tell us. I don't know. I, was it just because CBS looked like idiots? I for... think it was because he told her to apologize. She said no. And he went apeshit yeah. and became obsessed. What we know now about this man, that he was a fucking sexual assaulting, raping, super piece of piece shit, of shit. who was yeah. fired. This isn't us just, he was charged for sexual assault. Yep. Yeah, the owner of these companies that stopped playing her shit, that started, you know, suing her for the Super Bowl penalties, all this stuff, it was this guy. There's very seldomly been a case that is so blatantly disgusting and corrupt against one single person. It's 
fucking gross, man. Mm-hmm. And now, only now, that we've kind of gone through the, I don't know, what do you call the last five years? The comeuppance of the fact that you can no longer just be a powerful male. Let's just put it this way. Things have moved forward a great deal over the last five years as far as the movement of calling out powerful people for their corrupt right. actions. And yeah. because of that, suddenly Janet Jackson is held in a different light again and people are talking about her again. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I will call myself out on it. I personally don't think it's because of that. But, you know, when I think of Janet and I listen to Janet, I listen to old Janet because I love it. There is newer Janet and we've talked about it. You right. like it. Do you like it? The newer stuff? Yeah, I'm, I don't really. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if I like the older stuff because it's like nostalgia for me, but really after Demita Joe, it's not great. And even part of Demita Joe, I was like, eh, this got good. It was supposed to get very good reviews. Like the, before this all happened, they were like, yeah, this is gonna be great. It's good. We didn't really touch on that. Demita Joe was coming out a month after the Super Bowl right? and it did terribly. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It did did not do terribly. It did not do as good as it should have done. Okay. Stats. We already talked about the first three albums, Janet, Dream Street, Control. Control was the first one that sold well. It sold 6.2 or 6.4-ish million. Mm -hmm. Rhythm Nation, six times platinum, 12 million worldwide. Janet, 14 million worldwide. Velvet Rope, 8 million worldwide. All For You, 8 million. Demita Joe, 2 million. Yeah, see? It, it went down dramatically. Suddenly. But juxtaposed that with, it was out of all of her albums up until that point, had the second highest first week sales in the US ever. Out of her albums. But then, just didn't do well after that. The next album's 1.2, and then it gets below a million for Discipline and Unbreakable. Yes. Today's, the way we do music is very different than 2000. Eight and before, so. But she's held in a good light now. Yeah. She always should have been. We all love Janet. Long, long time ago, Simon and Schuster tried to come out with a memoir geared around the Super Bowl, based around a lot of the same stuff we're talking about. Supposedly, it was going to be a really, really good one, too. Uh, They had to spend a lot of time doing a lot of interviews, talking to a lot of people that were directly involved. And it will never see the light of day because do you know who owns Simon & Schuster, Rachel? Is it CBS? It's Viacom. Yeah. And Les Moonves killed it. Oh, what a piece of shit. But he's gone now. Doesn't matter. He just looks like a piece of shit. Yeah. And going through all this too at the same time, I know that you and I have different feelings on it, but we didn't even touch on the fact that through a lot of this stuff, Janet Jackson was also having to deal with the allegations against Michael. Yeah. Which hit her hard. People don't even think about Mm -hmm. this. She was having to deal with Michael Jackson dying. Her fucking brother died that she was close with and she loved. All this shit she had to deal with. She doesn't deserve it. She didn't deserve it. Everybody should fucking love Janet Jackson. I don't even know if she's touring now or um, not. She's but. she's putting together Black Diamond. So that's her most recent album. So listen to it and write her and tell her she's awesome. She deserves it. But she just had a kid, so she's just taking her time. I think we made our opinions obvious. Justin Timberlake. We hate you. I don't I don't want to say is, but he was a piece of shit. That's not cool. Sounds like he's grown up a little bit now. I still hate him. <laughs> I mean, he's married to Jessica Biel, so fuck you, buddy. <laughs> That's right. He is married to Jessica Biel, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. They better still be married. Yeah. He did try and cheat on her at one point, so. She was on the center. Oh. Big Black Delta reference. God, she's right so there. pretty. She's so ripped. She's not ugly. Nuh-uh. Have you watched The Center? That's a TV show, right? It's really good. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It. It's on Netflix. Wait, you have to watch it if you haven't. Okay. It's Big Black Delta. You have to watch it. Big Black Delta is like an integral. Okay. God damn. Jessica Biel. Justin okay. Timberlake. I don't know how to end this. That's what she said. Be kind to Janet. I'm not sure how much more we'll talk about Janet. We talked about her a lot this season. We talked about Control. We did a whole episode on Rhythm Nation. We've done this episode. She's an amazing artist. She's my favorite Jackson. And uh, she deserves everybody's listening and respect. Hello? Hey. Are you still part of this? Or? I was just trying to think of a tie-up. Did that tie it up? I feel like there's more to be said. We've only been recording for slightly over two hours. I think we'll always feel like that. Say something poignant. Mm. There it is. Way to go, Rach. Shut up. Always count on you.
<laughs> versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod. Do the things and like the stuff. Rachel. David. This is going to be the funnest one to edit yet. I know. You are so drunk that you are resting on your microphone. So cozy. <laughs> Join us next week. We have our third quarter and final quick fire review. Yep. And I even took some recommendations from Rachel <laughs> on this one. Barely. See if you cry, you can get what you want, ladies. Use your tears. It's true. No, women crying is just the worst. <laughs> uh, everybody, go listen to Janet Jackson. She's amazing. You like her. Good night and good luck. Oh, I-